start the recording. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We want to welcome you to the Book Nook Room of AccessibleWorld.org uh, and to the Fantasy Book Discussion Group. The date is Sunday, February 20th, 2011. Sitting in for Julia Kulak, the uh, chairman of this group, we have a host, and we want to introduce at this time, Ann Parsons. Ann, the microphone is yours. Okay, this is February 20th, 2011. This is Sunday evening at approximately 8 o'clock. And this is the Fantasy Book Discussion Group. And we are discussing Discord's Apple. And I... And we are discussing Discord's Apple. A Carrie Vaughn, I believe. That sounds right. Um, and um, this is Ann Parsons sitting in for Julia Kulek. And... Um, I'm very happy to be here, and as I usually do in, in situations like this, I'm going to ask everybody for their opinion on the book. What did you think? Did you like it? Why or why not? Well, gee, don't let's all talk at once. Um, I liked it, first because I recommended it, so I never like it. Um, I don't normally like end of civilization books, but um, I thought it was kind of interesting, the concept of the Greek gods and today, and how they count the author pulls that together and, and managed to stick Arthur and Merlin in there and make it work. And, and I wish they'd been able to preserve the room full of magical things. That's, I wish they had been able to do that. I uh, thought it was okay. I didn't like it that much. Um, I, I, there were some things about it I did like. Um, I liked the, uh, the comic book thread. Um, I liked... Um, well, I don't know. I didn't like that much about it, frankly. I didn't like the ending. Um, I mean, the world is destroyed pretty much. The evil gal, in this case, wins. Um, so, I mean, what's to like? I mean, presumably Evie and um, Alex live happily ever after or something, but I don't know. I, I just didn't like it very much. Um, Lissy started reading it with me and quit about an hour into it when the dog went and when the, the dog went out with her father and that was just the end for her I think and then we never even found out what happened to the dog um, so overall I guess I'd say I like parts of it but I really uh, didn't like it that much I'm, I'm sorry to say um, I, it does remind me of why I didn't like Greek myths very much. I mean, I think it evokes the Greek gods very well. Most of them weren't very noble, and there wasn't much admirable about them. They were just overgrown kids with too much power and not enough imagination to use it wisely, and too much time on their hands. Um, I just didn't... Uh, I, mean, I, did, I did like that, because it kind of reminded me why I didn't really care for Greek myths very much. It, I think it got the gods pretty closely uh, characterized there. Uh, so um, that's my summary. I like the idea that they made the point that they weren't really gods. They were just people who were thought of as gods who got too much power. And, 
and they didn't make any pretense about them being gods. Uh, I mean, those who, who knew the truth about them. That I like that part. And Lissy liked Arthur. She has a thing for Arthur. She loved Arthurian books, and she was glad to see him in the book. But um, neither one of us thought Evie was very... I mean, she never seemed to know what was going on, and partly, I guess, that was her father's fault. Um because either he wouldn't or couldn't tell her what was going on until he died, and then she gets the knowledge. And um, But she seemed to be at a total loss most of the time, and she wasn't able to talk to her father, even though she knew he was dying. And I don't know. We did like the Arthur part, though. I liked... I don't know. I have mixed feelings about the book. This is Marshall Scott in Salt Lake, by the way. Um... I liked most of the book, but I didn't like the end of Civilization. To be perfectly honest, if the book had been about the comic book theme, I think I would have found it a lot more enjoyable. Uh, I don't particularly like the the Greek gods either. Well, um, <clears throat> we haven't heard from uh, Tony. Tony, you got an, an opinion? I couldn't get through the book. I had to skip chapters. I don't know if it was the narrator or if it was the theme of the book, but I just, for whatever reason, couldn't get through it. And about the best thing I could say is um, I liked the chapters with Alex and the Greek gods, but I didn't like them that much. I don't think this is a book I would reread. Okay. Well, we've got mixed opinions here. Um, I have to say I enjoyed the book because I happen to like Greek myths. I've always liked Greek myths, and I think that was what intrigued me about this book in the first place. I did think that Evie was a little uh, clueless, but that was supposedly part of the story. But I, I, uh, as I say, I've always liked Greek myths. My mother... Uh, who taught fourth grade for many, many, many years, um, taught uh, the ancient Greeks in her fourth grade classroom every single year. So I've been steeped in in Greek mythology for a long time, (laughs) Um, as well as Egyptian mythology, but not so much Egyptian, but more Greek mythology. And I did like the idea of the Greeks, the gods being humans with too much power Um, because that was the other side of the coin where you know men make gods in their own image and so they they make the gods like themselves only with more power and so um, you know it 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 kinda works that way it it adhered pretty well to the the uh, story the odyssey in you know the story of the odyssey and and the uh final days of the iliad and what happened and and so forth um was pretty well pretty well done um i was intrigued by the uh, by alex and the and the gods and and the fact that uh you know he was he was there and he was um you know he was enslaved by Apollo and and so forth, and it, it was it was interesting. Um, 
I found it quite an adult book, uh, especially in the in the Alex and the Gods kind of thing. Um, but I I enjoyed it. I mean, I wouldn't go rereading it. It's not like uh, the greatest book I've ever read. Um, it was a nice story. I thought it was well done, but uh, I wouldn't necessarily pick up the book again and, and reread it. All right, characters. What about the characters? What did you like? What didn't you like? You said some things. Um, I'll start out by saying I liked Alex. I thought he handled himself well in all his trials and and so forth, and really was rather um, one of the better better behaved characters in the in the story. Um, I kind of liked Evie, although I wished that you know she had had more information and and had done more. Uh, proactive things as you say she she was mostly reacting to what had happened to her and I find that I don't particularly care for characters who do that in books I prefer characters who are proactive and who take part an active part in their lives and and what's going on around them um, as opposed to a passive character who merely reacts to what's going on but um, I liked the, uh, the, the bit players. Um, I thought they were very well drawn. I liked the, the uh, uh, I liked Puck and I liked, um, you know, the, the gods. I thought they were well done. I liked Arthur. Um, I think, I think um, it's very difficult to write a story where you have to bring in all these various uh, characters from all these various um, myths or legends or whatever, and and it's an interesting experiment to try to do this. And um, I don't know whether it came off as well as the author thought it did, but um, it was an interesting experiment. In defense of Evie's uh, cluelessness, who wouldn't be in that situation? I mean, come on. Not only is your world falling apart, your father is dying, and then you get hit with all this magical stuff, and you may do um, cartoon stuff, uh, where it, it's, although it wasn't that fan, fanciful in a way of a magic, it was more of a military stuff, but that sort of stresses to you how unreal those things are. So now, as far as the relationship with her father, yeah, she, she could have been a little bit more, more up to that. I gather there had been some problems between them in the past, and she cared about him, but there was, there was a little bit of friction there. But uh, as far as her not really taking hold of what was going on, it was going on pretty fast, and it was all awfully strange. And I think, you know, we are used to reading fantasy, and the character, oh, you know, oh, I'm dealing with gods, or oh, it's magic, or something like that. I think the ordinary person would be just totally out of their depth on something like that. Well, and she didn't really want to be there in the first place, if I remember correctly. Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of correct. And and so she, I can see why she was as out of it as she was on that whole thing because she really was not a nothing nothing. And how could she have been proactive? I mean, what what was there to do? First, you have to understand the situation. Then you have to have a direction to go. And she didn't really have a direction to go. I thought her father was rather noble at the end, how he handled things. And I love it when they sent the thing to the the little box to the 
people in Washington this goes to the most powerful and that you know that, okay, it's all starting over again. Okay, here's a question for you. If you were either Evie or Alex, how would you have handled yourself? Would you have done anything different? Um, is, were their actions plausible? Given the story, okay, now, obviously this is a fantasy, so you have to suspend belief and all that, but given the situation, would you have reacted in the same way? I'd have been looking for some place to hide. Uh, no, uh, you. The, the book is fantasy, but the people would not necessarily accept fantasy. I mean, you wouldn't in your everyday life, would you? I think I would have asked Merlin if he could help me get that apple away from Hera, first of all, because they knew what she was going to do with it, and the world was already headed in that direction, so that just ensured it. So, I mean, giving her the apple? I mean... I don't know. I, I didn't quite get that. I mean, just resigning yourself to world destruction? But I wonder if that's because of the comic book theme that she had going on with the different um, military aspects. If that wasn't part of her outlook and her worldview. Interesting comment. Um, I think that, uh, uh, you know, the, the... Yeah, um... Interesting comments. So, um, I think that, you know, for, for an ordinary person who does not read fantasy all the time and does not have a background in, in Greek myths, this book might have been a little hard to take, I think. Uh, because the, the author assumes that you know all this stuff before you even start reading the book. He assumes you know who the gods are, what their purpose is, and even though he explains about the apple, he assumes that you know, that you know the story, or that you're fairly familiar with, with what goes on, and um, I think he's rather presumptuous in in the book um, or she is with that um, um, her readers are going to understand all this that she's that she's weaving here um, I think there were some gaps that that uh, serious gaps that you you if you had the background you could fill in but if you didn't have the background I think the book might not make any sense at all. Uh, the scene with Cassandra is a perfect example of what you're talking about. You know, those of us who know a little bit about Cassandra and what happened to her and how she got in the spot she was in, uh, immediately put that together. But somebody coming in from the outside, you're right. They would have been, so what? What is all this about? And and they would have wondered later on, well, what did they stick her in there for? Because, what you know, what did she... To those of us who knew, you know, it was a very uh, poignant moment there. But for anybody else, it would be kind of like, huh? Yeah. I remember reading that scene and saying, what is she doing in Troy? And I'm thinking, wait a minute, wait a minute. Agamemnon, Agamemnon. And I'm trying to remember back to, you know, 7th or 8th grade or whenever the heck it was I read Agamemnon. I think it was 7th or 8th grade. Um, and I'm thinking, oh, yes, now I remember. You know, and... 
Then when they finally cleared it up that she was supposed to go over to Greece to be um, a slave of Agamemnon's, and I thought, oh, yeah, okay, all right, all right. This is, now everything is tied up together. But you're right, Alana, you're absolutely right. Um, that the, um, you know, the, the assumption is there that you're going to know who Cassandra is and what her purpose is and... You know, um, and you can hear in the back of your mind, you know, in her future, her saying, the house reeks of blood, you know, (laughs) and so forth. And, um, you know, Agamemnon getting murdered in the bath and and so forth. Um, But, yeah, I I think, think, um, as I said, I think there were some real gaps in this story that were only filled in if you really knew your Greek myths and the, and the background to uh, to figure out what was going on here. I did love the scene, though, where Alex visits Odysseus in his, in his older years. It was sad seeing him old, but he had, you know, moments of clarity, and I thought that was a very touching scene and kind of a good closer, closer for Alex to, to have that opportunity. That, I thought that was a very touching scene. Oh, I did, too. I, I got all choked up about that. That was that was very neat. That was extremely neat and um, well done. Yeah, I like that part too. And I promise not to recommend any more books for a long time because I seem to recommend the dud. Oh come on, you don't mean that. You know you don't mean that. Um, and just because people don't like your recommendations doesn't mean they're not good recommendations. Um, if we all like the book then the discussion would be really dull. I mean, you know, just imagine how dull the discussion would be. Well, I liked this book. Well, I liked it too. Well, so did I. You know, well, whoop-de-doo. Yeah, not everybody likes every book I recommend either. I just recommend another one next time. So you've got to keep, keep at it. And, and uh, sooner or later, you'll get the hang of recommending good books. Hey, just kidding, Lana. I know you have a sense of humor. Okay, that's cute. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying. You don't hear the the problem with this system that you don't get with theme talk is you you couldn't hear me chuckling in the background. I was chuckling, so that's good. As I said, I think Merlin was underemployed. I mean, so he sends out the he sends out all the objects that are in the storeroom. He disperses them apparently, but the world is destroyed at that point. I mean, that is not very. I don't know. That wasn't a very good trade, in my opinion. Um, I mean, I think he could have done more, or the author should have had him doing more. That's just me. I, I wanted a different ending. I, And I was surprised that you recommended this book, and I told Lissy that, because I, I know you say that you like happy endings. I think you even check. Isn't that right? Yeah, well, Evie and Alex came okay, and Civilization started again. No, I hate in the Civilization books. But this started out, you knew that things could not get better. I mean, the way things were. Uh, and it, it, it does make a kind of parallel when Camelot falls. That's kind of the end of the, their attempt to hold on to civilization in uh, Britain. So there is a kind of awful, nothing about Arthur ends right. <laughs> nothing in the Arthurian stories ends right. And so I, I don't know that Merlin could have done anything because it was just the same thing over again. Well, then that kind of begs the question, why did we need Discord's Apple at all, then? Maybe to show that, that civilization is cyclical. 
maybe to show that there's nothing new under the sun? I don't know. But uh, interesting question, Evan. Um, I didn't think it ended badly in the sense of totally destroyed because the, the civilization that they were in, yes, was destroyed or... Well, yeah, and, and then they were taken to a new place um, and to start civilization again. I found it interesting that the two main characters were Evie and uh, Alex, which is close enough to Adam and Eve, as makes no never mind, or Deucalion and Pyrrha, or whatever names you want to give. Um, but... Uh, it was. I didn't feel that it ended badly. I just felt that it it kind of came to an end, um, and then started again. It's like a, a circle. It just kept going and going. And those of us who are reading Wheel of Time are in fear that we're going to see that happen in this next book too. That it's going to be really, really bad. Um, the point of the apple, I guess, is not with a whimper, but with a bang. It was civilization was so on the skids already. It was everything was falling apart, and that just sort of put the final. Like the um, Terry Brooks, uh, not Elves of Central, but the one after that, the one that that will have been that tells how Shannara got created. That was kind of, you know, those horrible things were building up and building up and building up and then this guy goes nuts in the cavern and blows the place up again. Don't say that about the wheel of time. Jinx, jinx, hoo hoo, jinx. You're right. Now that Brandon Sanderson is handling it might it might turn out all right after all. I I didn't really trust Jordan not to make a real mess of it. Well if he hadn't put so much padding in the books in the previous books, he would have finished it the way he wanted to, but never mind. That's a silly. That's a silly point to make, I guess. But um, no, as I said, there were some good things about the story. I liked some of the Greek stuff, though. As I said, it reminded me of why I kind of lost interest in the Greek gods early on, after I read them. Um, but um, and we, as I said, we liked Arthur and Merlin, and uh, and there was some. Fun. There's some imaginative things you can do with those objects, you know, if you had them, and so on. But you're right; it kind of does parallel the um, the uh, Shannara stuff. Though I didn't read some of the later. I have to catch up on that a little bit because I kind of like my fantasy, you know, with the magic already there and stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, as I said, we, we, there were some things we liked about it. But the poor dog, we never found out. You know, presumably it got killed, but we never saw. You know, we don't know what happened to her. I was sort of hoping that some of the other magic implements, people would show up to uh, claim them. Or maybe they had some ways that they could be used against the gods. Um, that is a good idea. You have to write it. Was that box that they went to the New World with... I was wondering if it wasn't Pandora's box, or was it something else that I missed? I think it was Pandora's box, but Hope had, hope was the only thing left. The troubles had already gotten out or something. I didn't get that real well, clearly, anyway. But And, and obviously, they weren't the only ones who went to that world, because there were people there that 
could write the poem at the end about how they she the, how she married the long list at the end. So there were other, obviously other people there. Yeah, it was definitely Pandora's box. She said so um, right near the end. And wow, you know, I just wasn't paying attention. I you're right. You're right. I didn't ma- notice the Alex and Evie. Adam and Eve parallel. Wow. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> everybody everybody gets different stuff out of the stuff they read. I mean, you know, it's it's not surprising. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was Pandora's box, and the only thing left in it was hope. So that was why I felt that it didn't uh, end badly because hope was still there, and. Um, you know that was that was the whole point of the whole thing. That even though uh, everything was falling down around their ears, that they still had hope for a new beginning and and that kind of thing. So um, I think that was that was one of the main points of the whole thing. Um, that there could be Discord's apple, but that the but that it was negated by hope and um, you know that was why I didn't think the ending was that bad um, there was there was actually light at the end of the tunnel so um, all right any other comments questions or anything uh, the thing that made it work was that the start all over again was a totally new place. They couldn't have had him starting all over in Earth as it was because there was just too much damage that had been done. And so they had to go to a new place to start the world over again, I think, was, was kind of the theme. And you run into that theme a lot of times in, in stories where people go to a whole new place to start over again. Well, I don't know. That hope is kind of... Um elusive because the Hera wins. I mean, what's to keep her from coming back and doing it all over again when the world becomes peaceful and if it ever does, happy and I mean, um, I mean, if evil had been vanquished even though civilization had been destroyed, then maybe I would have uh, thought the ending was more hopeful, but Hera's just as powerful as ever and uh, so where's the hope really? I mean, if the what I don't know. I'm not sure I see that much hope as long as the person who started it all or made it worse, if you prefer, is still um, as powerful as ever. But she's powerful back on Earth. This is that has been destroyed. She she rules over ashes, and this is a whole new place. She might not not even know where it is. Well, no. Wait a minute. She came to Alex and Evie at the end of the book. And she gratuitously, as I, I thought, beat him up before she took his necklace. She was just as powerful there as she was on Earth, as it looked like to me. She gives Evie back the apple, and she gives her, and she takes Alex's necklace off. So that was nice, but she beats him up before that to show he doesn't have any power, apparently. And it looks to me like she's just as powerful there as she was, you know, on Earth or wherever. So I, I don't know. It didn't seem that hopeful to me, because... You know, whenever she feels like it, she can come and start it all over again. Well, maybe that's the whole point, Evan. That the whole thing is cyclical. You know that that uh, you know you're in, and that everything should be in balance. You know, there's good, there's evil. It's you know, it's supposed to be in balance and all that kind of gumbus. Um, you know, very, very, actually more druidic than anything else. But 
Well, it was an interesting book. All right, my friends, what shall you do for next time? What are we doing for next time? I have no suggestions. Uh, I've been reading, um, well, been reading science fiction and a little romance, surprisingly enough. Um, so I don't, um, actually I'm reading Eon, which is very interesting. Uh, but that has nothing to do with this particular group. Um, so, what? what's your pleasure? Yeah, I was looking for the Eon on NLS, and I found out that there is a, actually a fantasy book called Eon. Really? Huh. That's interesting. I didn't know that. Okay, well, I'm reading the science fiction one by Greg Bear, and I'm, I don't know, over halfway through it, and I've got to get back to it. I've been dabbling in other things, but I'm going back to it now. I'll uh, I'll be ready by the 10th of March, I think. Um, but uh, anybody have any suggestions for next time? Yeah, it's called Eon Dragon Eye Reborn. Allison Goodman. What's it? Yeah, I don't have any good suggestions. The only suggestions I have are pretty long, and these are things I want to read at some point, but I have to confess that fantasy is getting a little crowded out, partly by science fiction, but also by science fact. There's books I'm reading for Bookshare now, um, and uh, stuff that um, I'm uh, downloaded from Bookshare that I'm reading in science fiction and science fact and some other stuff. Um, but I wanted to start the Shadow March series by Tad Williams that I think I mentioned last month. Um, that's pretty long, but somebody said they don't like Mark Delgado. He reads the third book. For some reason, they took Ann Flosnick off of, after two books and put him on it. I don't know why. I don't know why. They used to be more conscientious about that stuff, but I guess they do contract changes and who knows what else. And so now they're splitting up series among readers more than I think they used to. Anyway... Um, but that was one uh, I wanted to start that but I also wanted to start the Spirit Gate series that Margaret Weiss and Tracy Hickman um, no not Margaret Weiss and Tracy Hickman the um, oh Kate Elliott wrote the Crossroads of um, the uh, Spirit Gates the Crossroads of Twilight the first book of that series I wanted to start that too but also I was thinking that we could do a maybe we could do a Dragonlance book because of the book shares, you know, there's there's this big project now to do Dragonlance books and maybe maybe we ought to get into the spirit of it and do something on in that series. There's certainly enough books to choose from. So those are my three thoughts. I'd be okay with some Dragonlance. I I've read some of them. Uh we'd have to be careful to get something that were, that we all knew where we were when we got I mean, not something in the middle like winter, spring, summer. Yeah, or no, fall, autumn what was it, autumn, winter, spring, and it ended in spring, and then you started another series, so we want to we want to get one that everybody can kind of start in on and not have to have read three books before to catch up with it. Well, see, I don't know. See, I've read the first five, ten or so. I read the Twins books, and I read the Dragons of Autumn Twilight, which is the first, very, very first book in the series, I think, of all 190 or whatever it was Grace said there were. So we could start with that if you want. As I said, I read it before, but I wouldn't mind reading it again. I, I really like it. Um, it's not great work, frankly, in my humble opinion. It's good. It's good, but it's not you know great. 
Um, but, um, I mean, we could start that, or if there's another trilogy that you guys know of, you know, that we could start with, we wouldn't have to start with the very first book. Or another standalone book, or whatever that's that's you don't need a lot of background to, to uh, get. Autumn Twilight's a good, a fun ride. It, like you say, it's not a spectacular book, but it's a fun ride. Well, and that that way everybody will be starting. You know, if we do that, when everybody will be starting from the beginning, the very beginning, they won't need any background at all to start it. And um, you know, and it's very it's available everywhere, as far as I know. NLS and Bookshare, Audible's probably got it. Um, so that would be uh, a thought, and that would actually inter- maybe introduce some people to it who haven't read anything yet. Interesting. Um, yeah, we could do that. I've I've enjoyed the Dragonlance books, and I I did tell Grace that I would proof one. I'm in the middle of of um, something else at the moment. Um, I've uh, I just finished proofing. Uh, Lord Brocktree for uh, Bookshare, which is a uh, Redwall book. I don't know if you guys like Redwall stuff. It's for kids, but it's it's good. I mean, I think it's good. Um, but then I, I like simple things, and and the Redwall books are, you know, pretty simple because they're they're built for fifth to eighth graders, um, middle schoolers, so they're not. Um, wound about with complex uh, imagery and stuff. You know, they're very, very simple books, but I but I enjoy them. Um, I don't suppose anybody would want to revisit Watership Down um, just for the heck of it. Um, those are the only things I can think of. Um, in fact, that's the only fantasy I've been doing the last month or so. I've been Proofing and proofing this crazy red uh, redwall book and and uh, <laughs> oh I had such trouble with it 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 had extra page breaks in it and I had to remove those and and then some of the page numbers were in and some of the page numbers weren't and I had to make sure that everything was in order and it wasn't really a pain but uh, it was a fun read anyway um, the basic scan was all right just the page numbers were all cattywampus. Well, first of all, as for being for five to, fifth to eighth graders, that is not a mark uh, against it for me. My among my favorite fantasies are the Pridane Chronicles uh, by Lloyd Alexander, and I read those five or six years ago as um, uh, quite a few years out of high school, and I still thought they were just as good as I had remembered them when I was in eighth grade or seventh grade or whenever it was I read them the first time. But the red reed wall, red wall. I don't know. My my speech says reed wall. I think um, that would be a good place. That would be a nice to uh, to start with too, because I haven't read any of these, and uh, that might be a fun thing to start with. Um, are those in chronological order, or are there like ancillary series and stuff, or, or or where would you start with that if you wanted to begin somewhere? Well, um, I'd start with red wall. It is red wall um, because the abbey is made out of red stone. Um, <laughs> um, probably that pink red stone from uh, Dorset or wherever the heck uh, you know in Western England. Um, the the you know that's known for that red stone, but 
It's called Red Wall, and it's all one word, but it is Red Wall. Um, I've read some of the um, some of the books by human readers, and they all seem to say Red Wall. And yes, the speech does say Red Wall, but that is is the speech synthesizer, and that's wrong. <laughs> but they're good. Um, I would start with Red Wall because that's the uh, that's the beginning of the series. Although you can read the the books out of order, um, they're good tales in themselves. Um, so, uh, but that would be the one I would recommend. And I think Redwall is on uh, on Bard, if I'm not mistaken. If somebody wants to check, I uh, don't have any problem with the fact. Like I'm, I agree with Evan on five to eight grades, five to eight. So what? It's a good book. By the way, I didn't even discover Pridane until I was in college. I was out on my own. Even. I had graduated college and was out on my own. So uh, the fact that it's a, a five, grades five to eight, I don't see as a problem. Uh, there is one thing about Watership Downs that I think it would be fun to do that again. But my first reading of Watership Downs is Alexander Scorby, and I don't think anybody could read that t- uh, today. Well, Lucy and I just read that last May, so I'm not ready to read that again. Though we really enjoyed it. John Horton reads it, and I think he does a marvelous job. He reads quite a few other fantasy books, um, among others. Um, he, I think he does a great job. But, of course, I know how you get attached to narrators. I'm not saying you personally. I've done it myself, um, and it just isn't the same when you grow up with a certain narrator and somebody else takes it. You may be objectively thinking, "Well, he does a pretty good job," but emotionally, you just can't, just can't do it. You know, I know how you feel about that, but I don't personally. I'm not. Re- I don't want to read that one again just yet because I just read it, as I said, back in May, nine months ago. Um, but I would be willing to go with the first, uh, the Red Wall or Dragons of Autumn Twilight. Um, I'm kind of interested in Red Wall because I haven't read any of those before. I'd like to do it, but but I like to revisit the Dragonlance books that I've read. I've read about ten or so, so I had no idea there were so many. So I don't know. I think we need to have a, a vote or sometime get a consensus or something on which ones we want to do. I think I read Autumn so long ago that it was a condensed, it was an abridged audio, so I didn't really get the full benefit of the uh, of the original Autumn. Well, we can do that. That not a problem. Uh, just a quick comment on the Prudane Chronicles. One of my fondest memories is meeting the author. I actually did meet Lloyd Alexander. In fact, I sat next to him at a dinner table. And um, I happened to be in the right place at the right time because my mother, as I mentioned earlier, was a teacher. And she, for several years, ran the yearly book fair at the school. And part of the book fair was that they would invite an author to come and sign books and give a lecture and so forth in the evening after school and so forth and of course she was responsible because she was the chairman of the book fair uh, for entertaining these various authors and so I got to sit next to Lloyd Alexander at dinner and he was quite something very interesting guy very soft-spoken very um, 
As far as his opinion, uh, his appearance, uh, very tiny person, very thin, um, but uh, very, very sharp. And we had a great conversation, and that's um, one of my fondest memories. So, yeah, I like the Perdane Chronicles, too. Well, all right, let's take a vote. Um, how are we going to do this? Uh, would anyone who wants Redwall please say aye? And I guess since I suggested it, I better say aye. Aye. All right. Who wants uh, um, whatever Autumn Twilight, um, Dragons of Autumn Twilight? Aye. Aye. Marshall? I uh, said aye for... Sorry, didn't hear you. You're breaking up. Make sure you keep the key down till you're you're absolutely through speaking. I said aye for Redwall. Redwall. Well, that's three for two. All right, but then, uh, and I'll be happy to go with uh, Dragons of Autumn Twilight next month then, because I I do want to have fun while the project is going on to, you know, to get people maybe interested in the series. We're supposed to do, Lissy and I agreed to do, this is a depressing note, but I'm going to mention it anyway. Lissy and I agreed to do a book. I don't remember the title. And we have, I don't know how many libraries here in Akron, Ohio or are in the hereabouts. And it's been stolen from every library. Whatever, I don't know how many copies they had, four or five or something. And they've all been stolen. We're going to have to get it from Paperback Swap or get it from somewhere else, apparently. Oh, dear. Well, it must be really good, then. Um, <laughs> that's awful. That's really terrible. Um, okay, so we are, have voted for Redwall for this month and uh, Dragons of Autumn Twilight for next month. Um, which is, uh, which is very good. So, um, what we can do is, is let Julia know, and I will write up the blurb, because I'm, I'm blurb writer for this group, and, um, if that's agreeable to everybody, uh, the next meeting is on March 20th, as far as I know, uh, same time, same station, and hopefully we'll have better weather than we have now. Because I don't know what weather you guys are having, but we have cold, and it's supposed to start snowing again tonight. Uh, before we all break up, Evan, who reads the Prydane series? Because when I had it, it was Alan Haynes, and he had been selected at one point specifically because he could pronounce Welsh place names. And, and have, does the reader sound competent with the, with the names and so on? Um... I didn't read them from NLS the last time I read them. Lissy and I did them for Bookshare. We read proof. We both read through them. So they're very excellent copies, if I do say so myself. Um, but the guy is uh, named John Holmes, I think. And Lissy has read stuff by him. I have not. She said he's good with Welsh pronunciation, but I can't say for uh, the Predane books that he reads. Uh, I think his name's John Holmes. Uh, you might know that name. If I'm mess messing it up, I can look it up here quickly on Bard and see. I think he's English, which would at least uh, add an air of authenticity and authority to his reading, which you wouldn't get from somebody from Chicago trying to read a Welsh, you know, 
that doesn't work, folks. Yeah, Bookshare's got red. I mean, uh, NLS has got Redwall in Braille and on Bard. This is cool. So uh, maybe Lissy and I will read it together, and I'll read it to her in Braille. Uh, that wouldn't be fun. That I think we might do that. Yeah, and it's not too long. I mean, it's you know, it's it's a fairly short book, so it it wouldn't be that long to read. So, um, Alana, um, I know where I can get my hands on a copy of of uh, Watership Down, read by Alexander Scorby. It's not the whole best in the world copy, but. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Let's just say I know where I can get my hands on it, and don't ask any questions. I have a cassette copy. Of course, nobody ever copies talking books, um, and I don't think I have working cassette players. It's a cassette copy from about 30 years ago, uh, but I do have a copy, and I wouldn't want you to do anything off the wall there, but I just was, I was only commenting that it would be hard to hear it read by somebody else. Oh well, it's the crime has already been committed. <laughs> um, I, I, uh, well, let's just say I ripped it for myself, which is what I did do on old reel-to-reel tapes back in yes, thirty years ago. Um, which is about when? Well, maybe in college. So that was what forty years ago. Yeah. I guess about 40 years ago, and um, I put it on reel-to-reel tape, and when my Sony 105 was still working, I uh, I made it into a digital, uh, I made it into MP3 files. So it's not the best of copies, but uh, I, I have it, and I treasure it, because it's, it's, it's a treasure, an absolute treasure, and I, I hope it, it never wears out or anything. Sorry, the guy's name is George Holmes, not John. I got it uh, wrong. Um, but he is—he has a, a British... Right, you're right, he's British. I, I think he's familiar with uh, the Welsh. As I said, Lucy says he does very well, and she would know, I think. So uh, you might give those a try. Yeah, Alan Haynes did a marvelous job, but they didn't have him reading all five. They should have had him reading all five, but they got Mitzi Friedlander, who's okay, but not as good as Alan Haynes, especially with the Welsh names, and some other guy, John Seitz, or something, who I never heard of before or since, reading the uh, fourth book, Terran Wanderer. So they should have had him reading all of them. But anyway, that's just uh, water over the bridge now. But anyway, I think George Holmes would probably be good. Mitzi Friedlander wasn't that good back then. Uh, there was a time when she read, and it, I always joked with a friend of mine that I had to try to get the syrup out of the talking book uh, needle after she was through reading. She'd read a lot of children's books. But talk about somebody developing as a reader. Over the years, she got really good. Yeah, I've, I've enjoyed the stuff I've, I've read uh, with uh, Mitzi Friedlander. Um, I've you know, I have I have no quarrel with her stuff at all, and I know how you feel about Alan Haynes. Believe me, I do. Um, just the way everybody feels about Alexander Scorby, but Alan Haynes is a special, special character. And uh, I have um, I also ripped <laughs> for myself, which I have here uh, a copy of um, the Dean's Watch 
by Elizabeth Gouge, um, read by Ellen Haynes, which is a special, which is a treasure of mine as well. Um, and he did read uh, How Green Was My Valley, which was where I first encountered him. And I downloaded the latest copy of How Green Was My Valley, and it was read by uh, George Holmes or John Horton or, you know, one of those two, Tom Martin. I can't remember. One of those English guys, and it wasn't too bad. But I missed Alan Haynes, I got to say. Um, I really did. Because uh, he, he had a special way with the way he read stuff. It was just amazing. Tom Martin read The Crystal Cage, and I thought he was quite good on that. I, I had wanted Alan Haynes to read it, but uh, Tom, Tom Martin read uh, the, the original Crystal Cage, and I thought that was good. As far as ripping, my theory on ripping talking books is, A, if we could have bought them commercially, we would have. But we, so we aren't, weren't denying the author a sale. And secondly, uh, at that time, video, videotaping was out, and you could tape, videotape TV programs for your own use. So I always figured I'd squeak by on that one. Have a good evening, everybody. Same to you. Okay, I guess I'll stop the recording now. I think we're all done, aren't we? Yep, seems to be. Um, just a, a quick note that the uh, the next meeting is on March 20th, and we're doing Redwall by Brian Jakes, as they pronounce it over there, across the pond. It's J-A-C-Q-U-E-S for anyone looking. Okay, now you can turn turn me off. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, those, those two books that I mentioned, I had done